Andrea Smith, and what I need right now is my microphone to work, and I think it's a little sketchy. Okay, good. So, good morning to all of you who are worshiping with us at Morseville Middle School. I know that Lane and Josh and some of the other West staff are there with you, and you're gathered together in the cafeteria, and in just a few minutes, you are going to separate, and you are going to go unload the trailers and all the things. We do have over 1,200 kids registered for the back-to-school bash that happens next Saturday, like in six days. We'll have all these people descend on Mooresville Middle School. I am so grateful that you have chosen to be there this morning. Also grateful to those of you who are here worshiping with us and also those that will worship with us throughout the week. We are in a message series called Summer Playlist. You chose the songs and there is a spiritual truth we believe in all things. So we are looking for the spiritual truth this morning and the Rolling Stones song, You Can't Always Get What You Want. But you do, if we if we'll look and we'll see, we do get what we need. That's actually very scriptural. And uh, do you know, there, it's over six times in the Bible throughout the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament scriptures. If you look, you can find it six different times that it says, all you have to do is ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Ask whatever's on your heart and I'm going to give it to you. Jesus even says that in in one particular verse. So if that's the case, then how can we come to our faith and recognize that, you know, sometimes there are things that we want and there are things that we think that we need that just don't come true. I believe that all of us at some point in our life and in our journey have had unanswered prayers, things that we've wanted or wished for, maybe small things, but also maybe really big things like uh, someone that we love dearly for their, their life here on this earth not to end, or we've been terminated from a job and we are watching our finances deplete and we know we need another job and we've been praying and praying and, and the doors just don't seem to open or like someone that we love, one of our children, they're battling with something like an addiction, and we pray to God, you know, God, please help them heal from this, help them overcome it, and they just don't. Life seems like it has a lot of hurdles sometimes, and oftentimes it does feel like we we don't get what we want, and oftentimes we don't even get what we need. I would challenge us this morning, though, to perhaps maybe come at this from a different perspective. Maybe not need a formula for life. And I believe that there are some words in the letter to the church in Corinth by the Apostle Paul that help us see that. I also believe there's a couple of stories throughout the Hebrew Scripture and the New Testament that help us see that sometimes what we want isn't really what we need and that out of not having our wants beautiful beautiful things can come when I was 16 or getting ready to turn 16 all of my friends 
all of them, and I'm not exaggerating or being categorical, all of them got their license on their 16th birthday. Their parents would take them out of school for half of a day. They would go to the Caldwell County DMV, and they would, have, uh, they would sit there, and they would just wait it out, and then they'd get their license. And then a lot of my friends, when they'd get back home, there would be a car waiting for them in their driveway. Now, I knew that part was not going to happen for me. There was not going to be a car, a new car in my driveway. But I had hope. I had a lot of hope that my want of getting my driver's license when I was 16 was going to be a reality. My dad would drive with me, and I'd been practicing diligently. And leading up to my birthday, I would drop these hints like, so, who's going to take work off to take me to the DMV? And, and, you know, there'd just be silence around the dinner table. And I'm like, well, this bites. Nobody's answering me. That can't be a good sign. So the day before my birthday, I'm like, all right, well, tomorrow is the day. Who's going to take me to get my driver's license? And the answer was no one. My dad said, you're not ready. You don't need your license yet. You're not a safe driver. And so we're not taking you. Tears did not help at all. Begging, pleading, nothing helped. Six months went by. I kept driving this just horrific 19-something Mercury Grand Marquis. I think it was the length of the stage. There's no wonder I couldn't drive the car. It was simply too big. It was none of my error, of course. And so finally, six months later, they take me to the DMV. I got out to that three-point road turn. Bagged it. I go back to the DMV, they're like, there's no way. You are so not ready to get your license. So then I had to go back and tell my dad, "Mm, didn't happen. He's like, see, I told you, you don't need to drive yet. Some would argue that my driving is still sketchy to this day, and I maybe still don't need a license, but I would argue that I have a very safe, knock on wood, driving record. The long story short is I had to wait until my 18th, birthday to get my driver's license. It was something I wanted, but I certainly didn't need it. Now that's a funny story and my life is no less rich because I didn't get my license for two years. It was embarrassing with my friends, but other than that, everything was fine. But guess what? There are times in our lives that we all face hurdles and life breaks our hearts, sometimes over and over again. And the bad thing beyond our hearts being broken is that we live in this time and this idea of a prosperity gospel a lot of the TV preachers preach this theology that, you know, it's, it deifies our morals and our actions. It makes them actually become God instead of a divine love and presence that we believe exists in the cosmos. It makes us more God because if we will just live right, if we will just do more good things, if we'll work harder, if we'll achieve more, if we'll, if we'll be this whole and complete 
complete package, then guess what? Even if, if little hurdles, little bad things happen to us, guess what? There's no way it's ever going to end bad in our opinion because you see, we've been doing all these good things and if we live right and we love right, then God is going to bless us. That's what the prosperity gospel is. They preach, they write books like The Secret. The Secret is if you'll do all this, then this happens. It's a classic if-then statement. And guess what? It just isn't true. The formula that I mentioned before, there is no magic formula to life. And knowing that if this happens, then this happens, sometimes life just happens. And our actions it's not like there's this, you know, scorecard that God is keeping and they did that and that and that and it's so good. And, oh, you know, they really screwed up over here, so I'm going to take this good away from them. It just doesn't work that way. Bad things happen to good people. And then people in our society and in our midst that end up hurting people, it seems like good just showers on them. We can't always get what we want, but we can get what we need. The challenge is that maybe sometimes we just have to see things differently. We have to take a step back. We have to see from a different perspective. We have to open our eyes and open our souls. And maybe understand that beautiful things come from ashes and, and in darkness life forms. Isn't that one of the messages of the crucifixion and the resurrection? You know, hashtag blessed is the most popular hashtag on Instagram. Now, if you use it, forgive me. I am an equal opportunity offender when I preach, so at some point, if you listen to me long enough, I will offend us all, even me sometimes. But I want us to think about that hashtag blessed for just a minute. It's so popular right now. There's like lines of furniture and clothing, you know, hashtag blessed. It's everywhere. Example. Someone uh, that I'm Facebook friends with, and, and we actually joked about it, so I'm not doing anything that will surprise them by telling the story, but they just bought a new home, and, and it's gorgeous. And they put their hashtag, hashtag blessed. It was their second home down on an island in the Bahamas. And I'm like, you're blessed, Really? Like, did you think about the other side of that? Because probably, like I and the rest of your friends, we're not going to be buying second homes in the Bahamas anytime soon, if ever. Does that mean we aren't blessed? And she was like, no, I never thought about it that way. And I'm like, well, when we go around saying, oh my gosh, I am so blessed because I have A, B, and C, then what happens when we don't have those things anymore? What happens when our relationships come to an end? What happens when we get a health diagnosis that we don't want to receive? What happens when our finances take a turn? We lose our job. What happens when those little bumps in life end up being huge things do we still say hashtag blessed most of us would say no not not really you know blessed is conditional it's conditional on me thinking that I have what I want but what if we start to acknowledge that maybe we can use the hashtag blessed all the time in all things 
Even when it feels like the world is falling apart, the hashtag blessed still rings true to who we are because there is something so much bigger than we are that holds us all together and does make sure that, guess what, we don't always have to have what we want. But available for us, always and forever, is what we need. It comes first in a Hebrew lesson with the the Israelites. They were an oppressed people. They were slaves. And Pharaoh was going to kill all the firstborn male children. And finally, God paved a way for them through the person of Moses to lead them to their freedom and out of captivity. So they did. They, They escaped. They watched the army drown as the army was coming after them. And and they thought, all right, right? Hashtag blessed. We're free. We've got everything we want and everything we need. Then they get out in the middle of the wilderness and it bites. They are hungry and they are thirsty. They don't have shelter. And the promised land that they were going to, the holy land, seemed so far away. Forty days and nights they stayed in the wilderness. And God was not number one on their favorite friends list during this time. God had deserted them in their minds and they were hungry and they were pleading with Moses. They're like, look, at least when we were slaves, we had something to eat. For goodness sake, take us back. Now that's bad. When we want to go back to the darkness and back to the oppression because we don't have enough faith to believe that there is a force in this world, a love that gives us what we need. But that's what the Israelite people did, and it's what we do too. When we are in the middle of our own tombs and in the middle of our own darkness, we want to go back to that familiarity. But the good news is, in that story and over and over again, God always shows up. We just have to see. The Israelite people, they saw. So God gives them bread. It's called manna. Manna, the word manna, it was a game changer in in my preaching career. Like eight years ago, I first preached on this passage of, of the Israelites and their freedom, and I started doing the research on the word manna and realized that it was so much more than just the word bread. The word manna, this this stuff, this food that God provided for the people when they were in the wilderness and were so hungry, it meant enough. God gave them enough. You can't always get what you want. But if you follow and have faith, we can always have what we need. The Israelites were told not to store it up. They did anyway. They they weren't great listeners. And their faith was a little sketchy. Ours is too sometimes, and that's okay. God's a God of grace. And God showed them over and over again, hey, If you'll just trust me, I'm going to give you enough. You may not always get what you want, but you are going to have always what you need. Jesus said, do you think I care about the sparrows that fly through the air? If you think I care about them, do you not think I care about you more? You are always going to have what you need. The prophet Isaiah said, when you walk through the fiery storms of life, God will carry you. When the waters are raging around you and it feels like they will overwhelm you, I've got you. We'll always have what we need. Virginia Wally, she was a saint in the church and she was unconscious for weeks. I went by one afternoon, the nursing staff said that she was 
near her last breaths and when she would go from this world to the life beyond and the life everlasting. And so I sat there with her and, and prayed with her and I didn't really know what to say. I never do in those moments. And, and I just, I thought, okay, I'm just going to pray the 23rd Psalm with her. She had not spoken for weeks. We got to the place in the prayer when I said, and yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, And then she whispered with me, you are with me. You comfort me. You prepare a table before me. And I will fear no evil. Later that afternoon, she went on into what we can call eternal life. Somewhere deep in her soul, she knew that she had all she needed to move from this realm to the life beyond. We have all we need to live here and now. When the Apostle Paul wrote the church in Corinth, he was trying to tell them his story. Everybody has a story. And he says, look, you know, I've been afflicted with this thing. And most scholars will say that it was macular degeneration and that Paul was going blind as he was trying to go and convert and lead. He's like, look, I've asked over and over again. A thorn has been given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, and God says to us, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content. Content, isn't that an interesting word? How many of us are content? Contentment is new for me. I like it. I'm embracing it. I'm trying to understand that God is all that we need. God gives us all that we need. I am content with my weaknesses. I am content with insults. I am content with hardships and persecutions and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak... I am strong. It is hard not to think that our virtues and our success guarantee us for a life that's going to be easy. It would be so nice if it worked out that way. The bottom line is we all live in paper houses. And all of us, our lives are just one big breath away from being forever altered and changed in a myriad of ways. But what if we realize that the magic formula isn't an if-then or that we do enough good so we can store up some kind of good that's going to happen to us? What if we will realize that despite the darkness, despite the hurdle or the difficulty that we face, we can believe that God uses all things together for good for those who love God 
And whereas it may feel like there are lots of unanswered prayers, and that's a whole other sermon topic for another day, because we believe we have free will, and our free wills intersect with one another, and you know what? Life just happens. But in the middle of life happening, we are never alone. We may not have what we think we want. And maybe if we'll take a step back, we'll realize that what we think we want really wasn't good for us to begin with. God always gives us what we need. I want to show you a picture of Kate Buller. She is a professor at Duke University. She studied, ironically, the prosperity gospel. That's what she did her research on. She traveled across the United States and visited all these huge mega churches where they would preach, if you do this and this, then this is going to happen. And then they had battled infertility for so long. Finally, she got pregnant. They had their son. She'd been having some tremendous stomach pains along the way. And So she had been going to the doctor, and they couldn't figure it out. And finally, one afternoon, an intern called her and said, you have stage four cancer. We need you to come immediately to the hospital. They did surgery immediately. She has a podcast. She just finished writing another book, Everything Happens for a Reason, and the other lies we tell ourselves about life's tragedies. It's a powerful book. I'd invite you to read it. She writes that after her first surgery, she really didn't know if she was going to live or die, and she just was surrounded with this darkness. She was in the middle of the darkness, and she didn't know what the outcome was going to be. She writes that at first she thought she'd be afraid. But then what she felt was not fear. What she felt in the darkness was an unmistakable presence of love. The love of her friends, the love of her family, and a divine, cosmic, mystic love that made her feel like she was floating She said, my only fear was, what if I don't feel that love again if I come back to life? We won't always get what we want. But I've lived it. I believe it. I see it. I know it to be true just like the Israelite people, and just like Jesus showed us when he cried out, you have forsaken me. And then he went on to show us that out of darkness comes life and comes beautiful things. We won't always get what we want, but we will always, always have all that we need. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for being a God of grace and a God of power that sustains us. You do always give us what we need. It's just that sometimes we can't see in the middle of it that that is what we need. You use all situations regardless of how bad they are in our lives. You use them to bring good for us. And you hold us when we need to live through the darkest things. 
Thank you for being a God that provides for us all that we need. We are so grateful. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So thanks for worshiping here. Thank you for worshiping at Morrisville Middle School. We are grateful that you're here. And now go and know that the next time you're in the middle of the darkness, look for God in the ordinary things. And then we'll understand that maybe it's not what we want, but it is ultimately all that we need. Go and be.